Hey everyone, this is Jason Shappert, and you're listening to the Private Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. What can we do as a private pilot to get ready for our eventual instrument rating? Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com and you are listening to The Private Pilot Podcast brought to you by our number one rated online ground school. Visit Ground School Academy to check it out, learn more. You love the free podcast, you love the free YouTube and Facebook videos. I encourage you to check out our ground school as well. Actually, you can do a free two week trial of our online ground school by going to M0A trial, M-Z-E-R-O-A trial.com to check that out and learn more and dive in two weeks, no strings attached to any level, private instrument commercial, uh, FOI level courses as well. Today I want to chat with you all from this concept of eventually becoming an instrument pilot and getting ready to become an instrument pilot. Let me start by saying, if you are a private pilot, I don't want you to stop there. I want everybody to continue on and become an instrument pilot. I believe private pilot is is just the beginning. It is such just the the starting point. I want you to absolutely, without a doubt, become an instrument rated pilot. And that may take a few extra years. You may say, Jason, let me just be a private pilot, enjoy that for a while. And I am totally okay with, uh, with that. That doesn't bother me one bit. As long as you have the aspirations, the dreams to eventually go on and also earn your instrument rating. It is going to make you a safer pilot. It is going to make you a smarter pilot. So start to add that to your your dream list. Uh, I call it my parking lot of ideas. Start to add it wherever you keep your goals, your ambitions uh, tucked away. Uh, Make sure that is one of them, no doubt. And I want to share with you some practical things you can do now to help you when you go to make that transition. You see, it's so much more than just new charts. And you're right, there are new charts. You spent so much time learning the VFR sectional chart. And now, by the way, I need you to learn a low and root chart and approach plate. So you just learned all this symbology, all these acronyms. Let me double that now. There's a ton of acronyms in instrument flying. Let me now give you an entirely new chart to learn how to read. Let me give you a little thing called approach plates and departure procedures uh, to learn how to read. It's a lot. Instrument for me, for my students, is always built on the ground. You'll hear me say this a lot. You already know how to fly the airplane. The next step, logically, is adding something on instrument-wise. I know how to fly the airplane. I just need the knowledge. The flying's not the hard part. I can hold straight and level. I can I can hold you know a, a nice 500 foot per minute descent, nice airspeed, constant airspeed climbs, descents. I can do all those things. But the knowledge that I need to understand what's happening when and why, that's something you really need to work on. So here's what I want you to do during your private pilot, or maybe you're already a private pilot, an aspiring instrument pilot. It's to get more hood time than you actually need. For your private pilot, you need three hours of simulated instrument time. And I'll tell you, that along with night, three hours a night, both of those are columns that I don't believe are enough. If you have flown at night, you might as well be IFR sometimes, right? You ever been flying at one of those nights where it is just black on black? There is no moon, there is nothing to it. 
the definition of IFR flight is flight uh, that doesn't have reference to a horizon. And I've flown some nights where I did not have reference to the horizon, but it was VFR weather. Um, hardly, because I didn't have reference to a horizon. And spatial disorientation can set in even on clear and 10 nights that are beautiful because there's no moon, there's no horizon to see, whatever that may be. My point of telling you this is I want you, you have to get more hood time than required. Just the three hours. You may say, man, I'm getting just the three hours. Let me get my private pilot check ride done and out of the way. Uh, that's all great. However, you're doing just enough to get by and that will not serve you come instrument time. I'm telling you, that will not serve you come instrument time. I want you to get more simulated and if, geez, if the, your instructor will take you up in some actual one day, even better, uh, legally obviously, but certainly more hood time, more simulated instrument time than's actually needed. Next, please make sure you know how to and you are using services like VFR flight following. All instrument flying is, when you're actually flying, is talking on the radios. A big mistake I made, and it wasn't a fault of my instructor, I just didn't know better. And she's a phenomenal instructor. I earned my private pilot at, the, at Ocala, at the time was a pilot-controlled airport, non-towered field. I did my three takeoffs and landings at Gainesville uh, to go get my towered landings. And that was about the extent of talk on the radio. I never got flight following for any cross countries. I knew a flight following's existence, but I didn't know how to use it. I was intimidated to talk on the radios. I'm a chatterbox naturally, as you know, but I was truly nervous about talking on the radios. Then I learned instrument flying is all about talking on the radios. So if you have uh, a difficulty or a fear of talking on the radios, now's the time before you start your instrument to work on getting rid of that fear. VFR flight falling is a great way to do it. VFR flight falling is as close to the IFR environment radio-wise, it's basically the same as you can get. There's some different lingo, some different radio calls, some different check-ins, etc. but it's the same people you're talking to. And you'll hear all the other IFR traffic on there. That's what makes it so powerful. So, as you're working, as you're doing cross countries, make sure you get VFR flight following, which brings me to another point, by the way. In order, one of the requirements to take your instrument pilot checkride, not to start your instrument training, but to take your instrument pilot checkride is you need 50 hours of PIC cross country, which is a lot of flying because during your private pilot, you got your five hours of cross country PIC and that's about it you need another 45 before you can take the instrument checkride, which puts a lot of people in a jam because they're thinking, wow, that's a, that's a lot of cross-country time. How do I divide that up? How do I do that? Well, you can do like I did. You can pair up with, uh, with a safety pilot and, and split some time with people just to get that experience in that way. You can rent a, a much less expensive aircraft to go make this cross. It doesn't have to say what the cross country time is. It can be a little Cessna 150. It can be in a Cirrus. It doesn't matter. It just has to be cross country. Honestly, a Cessna 150 flies a lot slower and a lot cheaper anyways. So you'll, uh, you'll earn more time for your dollar and that little Cessna 150. But you need those 50 hours of PIC cross country time. Start working towards some of those now while earning VFR, or I'm sorry, while, while earning that time and obtaining VFR flight following, 
as well. That is what's really going to benefit you. I don't want you to get all 50 before you start your instrument training because I actually want you to save some of that. We'll talk about that in the instrument po podcast next week. I want you to save a little bit of that time because some of your instrument time is very, very valuable to do some instrument cross countries beyond just the minimum of what's required here. And when you're doing these cross countries, by the way, you want to really work on and step up your game. You have a radio fear, whatever that may be. Try to fly into some larger airports. Have you ever flown into a Class Bravo? It's not as intimidating as you think. It's, it can be a little hectic depending on the time of day you get in and out of there. But other than expensive, because there are landing fees typically, it's a good time. If you're landing at a Class Charlie Airport, maybe say Jason Bravo is too much. How about a Charlie Airport? or just a busy class Delta Airport. Let's fly to some larger cities, get in some busier airspace, get used to the air traffic control system because that is the system you're gonna be living in and flying in for your instrument. You're constantly chatting with somebody. So again, my tips I would give you, if you're, if you're a private pilot, uh, you're working on your private pilot now, maybe you're already a private pilot, aspiring to be an instrument rated pilot, let me just give you those tips again. More hood time than needed. Whether you're in your training or you're out of your training, you can still go get some hood time with an instructor or geez, with an with a appropriate safety pilot uh, for that matter. Please make sure you're getting things like flight following. Flight following, it, it is, it's amazing for the traffic alerts. There's a little bit of help with weather. There's a little bit of help with some routing. And again, VFR flight following, from a controller's perspective, is on a time and workload permitting basis. They don't have to give it to you. We're low on the totem pole when it comes to that. IFR traffic comes first, but to be in that environment, to fly uh, as close to, you know, in the IFR environment as you can, I mean that from a radio standpoint, not from a weather standpoint, you still have to maintain all your uh, VFR rules and regulations and cloud clearance and visibility requirements, but just to, listen to the radios and participate in the process. Maybe you're not comfortable with that. Maybe you can start with something using liveatc.net and just listening to your local airspace or some busy airspace in your area. Finding those ways to immerse yourself in it. Consider, by the way, too, you need those 50 hours of PIC cross country. Consider knocking some of those out now, maybe about half of them, a little bit more than half perhaps, because I want you to do some cross countries in your actual instrument training environment. There, there, there's one required um, as a part of your instrument training anyways, but honestly, I want you doing a little bit more. Because as we know, think in your private pilot training. You went out, you went to the practice area, you came back. That's not what you really do in flying. You don't fly out, do some seat turns, slow flight stalls, and come back. Yeah, that's what we do so often. And there's nothing wrong with that. We need, to, we need repetition, we need to practice these maneuvers. Instrument flying is no different. We take off, we go into our same airport three or four times, we shoot instrument approaches, we go missed, we land full stop one time, we're done. What are you gonna do in the real IFR environment? You're gonna fly places. You're gonna use it to go places. I want you to get that real world applicability in there. And if you have the opportunity to, consider flying into some larger, some busier airports as well. That is really going to uh, uh, help you with just being integrated in that environment. IFR can be faster paced, higher paced, controllers talking a little faster, listening to other pilots, interact with the controllers. Again, it all just benefits you. It's like reverse osmosis. It all benefits you with that. So again, I believe every private pilot should aspire to eventually earn an instrument rating. It is, it is paramount 
for aviation safety, for the safety of you. Again, you know at M0A.com, we're not here just to pass a written test. We're not here just to pass a check ride. I'm here to make you a safe real world pilot. And earning your instrument rating is one of the absolute best ways to keep you, your spouse, your son, your daughter, your, your best friend, brother, sister, whoever your, your co-pilots are, keep them as safe as possible. Earning an instrument rating, and then obviously respecting the limits of yourself and of the instrument rating, not using it to go blazing into terrible weather conditions. You still have to be respectful um, of that. But it's just something I want you to add to your goals. It's something I want you to keep in mind to keep pushing forward towards that instrument rating. And then if that intrigues you, tune in next week. You know, we also have produced the Instrument Pilot Podcast as well. Comes out uh, next week on Wednesday, so you can listen to that new one. I'll be talking about going beyond the ACS in your instrument training a little bit. And there's a ton of archived episodes for you to check out there as well. But thank you so much. Thank you so much for being such a blessing to myself this amazing team here at m0a.com. We truly wake up every morning with our mission to make safer, smarter pilots. If there's anything we can do this week to help fulfill that mission, to help make you that safer, smarter pilot, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out. Enjoy the rest of your day. And most importantly, remember, a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you.